The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about a hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online? <laughs> yes, I have a different color shirt on today. Yes. <laughs> Uh, if you like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the page there. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. Uh, Bradley is up in Virginia. Uh, they were at Jamestown yesterday, and so he had a little tale to tell there about uh, what he learned and what he had to confront there in Jamestown. So if you want to check that out, that's that's there up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, Eastern, at which time he'll be live. At least I hope he'll be live there in that area uh, so you can catch him there. And then on the right side of the page is where we are. All you got to do is click on the play button. 
blow it up on whatever device you've got. And then in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a Rumble icon. You can click that and join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the, is the channel. Please be sure to subscribe to that. Also on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. Variety of little Facebook pages that bear my name, personal and public. Uh, we're on Twitter, um, also broadcasting there at the Real Tim Brow Two. Don't put the in there. Put a two in its place. Again, somebody else must be the Real Tim Brown. I'm just second. And uh, then we're also on Twitch. Look for the Real Tim Brown over there. We put it back up. We'll see what happens with that. They've kicked, they've kicked us off. Twitter's kicked us off. YouTube's kicked us off. But I took advantage of those others because. Well, we're just seeing where we can go with it. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Be sure to do that. Uh, you get one email from us a day, and uh, that usually comes between 7 and 8 o'clock Eastern in the evening. If you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, and you can sign up right there on the front of the page. And then if you agree with our message and you'd like to keep us out there on the Internet, the radio, and, and the, the people in the 50 states, uh, bring our Christian constitutional heritage uh, to them, then please consider um, supporting the ministry. There's a donate button at the top of the page. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we do appreciate you guys uh, keeping us out there with the people. We really do. And this week we're highlighting in our store, which is also available at sonsoflibertymedia.com. We're highlighting the necessity t-shirts. These are the ones that have the William Pitt, the younger quote, necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. And uh, these come in black and they also come in blue. And I think the artwork is a little different than what the guys on the video platform are seeing here. They they kind of changed it up to where there are some stripes, I think, in between things here. At least that's the shirt I saw Bradley have. I, I still have the old one, uh, which works just fine, right? It covers the body. <laughs> With that said, um, we've got some special guests on. Now, some of you guys who watch the afternoon show, you you saw these guys. I was going to play a, a video. Just um, just know that there'll be some bonus videos in the archive, uh, as I always do. And um, Greg Reese has a couple of new um, reports out that I wanted to share with you. But I want to get to these guys because um, I think their story is really encouraging and it can help. Everybody else understand, hey, I can do more with what I have than what I'm doing. And so, you know, I, that's why I, I kind of titled this uh, segment, This Couple's Doing More Than Growing Food on Their Farm. And uh, they're, they're helping other, they're helping veterans. And so uh, it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, uh, James and Angela Holland, and, uh, Holland, excuse me. And uh, good to see you guys. Thanks for getting up early and being with us. Oh, thanks for having us. Good really. morning. Good morning to all your viewers. Yeah, it's it's great to have you guys. And I got to tell you, um, we I had problems with my computer. I told everybody, oh, I'm going to try to get it fixed. And then just everything was going on yesterday. I didn't get to do that. So I'm still in this mode. But fortunately, I guess all the volumes going through and everything right this morning. So we're good to go. You guys are up early. Um, I, I was saying thank you for getting up early, but you're on a farm. And you said, yeah, we're already doing this kind of stuff. So let's get into this. You guys have... Uh, a farm, but there's something that takes place that we want to get to first. And I, I think, uh, and then I'm just going to show people who are on the video platforms. This is setapartfarms.org, setapartfarms.org, if you want to check out uh, their site. But can you can you guys just kind of give us a little background on who you are before you know we get into the whole Set Apart Farms thing? Can you give us a little idea of who you are as people and how you got to where you are? I'm going to give you all the time you need. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, so we clarified, uh, we're creating the farm right now. So the, the farm as a whole doesn't exactly exist. This is what we're, we're in the process of creating. Okay. Uh, what we're trying to create is, is a new, a new method, a new way of, of taking care of our veterans along with their family members. Yeah, I like to call it a, a new approach to long-term healing for veterans and their families because that and their families is usually left off, unfortunately. Right. So our approach is going to be taking the entire family in and rehabilitating that family as a whole, as a unit. And right. so the way that we came to that, you kind of have to understand the backstory of Set Apart Farms and how we, we, we came to this, uh, where we are right now. And so with me, uh, I'm a Marine veteran or, you know, still a Marine. So uh, I don't get to claim the title veteran. I'm a Marine. Um, I did. I joined the Marine Corps back in 2000. Did a little over 12 years. Uh, did five combat deployments, three to Iraq, two to Afghanistan. Uh, I was an infantry Marine. Ended up getting uh, getting blown up quite a bit. So I had quite a bit of uh, concussions and brain injuries and things of that nature. So I like to tell people I have. I have the brain of an NFL quarterback. Just unfortunately, I don't have the bank account. So, <laughs> That the farm would be operating if I did. Uh, so, so we're uh, so so I ended up getting out of the Marine Corps um, around 2012, early 2012, and I still had some injuries, some things that I needed to get fixed, um, and I was just recovering from a real bad traumatic brain injury that I had received, and so uh, I was going through the whole process, the transition from the military out into the civilian world was kind of the the initial breakdown. That's that's really the. The base of where this starts to go terribly wrong for families, unfortunately, is the transition out, where at that point they begin to, you know, really separate the veteran from the family family in their healing journey. And so we were experiencing that also where it was, you know, the veteran's trauma, the veteran's recovery, the veteran's program. Um, but clearly, being my spouse, that would bleed over into our marriage and our family. So those years... Um, where we were waiting for proper services weren't easy years. <laughs> so we can relate to everything that every veteran family goes through. Right, right. And yeah, then, can I can I ask something about that? Um, you yeah. know, I, I've I've witnessed that a lot. And I when I talk about unconstitutional wars and things of this nature, I realize that a lot of those who are serving, they 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 genuinely want to serve, but they don't realize the hand that's behind it. They don't care if they're separating the family. They don't care if the kids are going without seeing their mom or their dad. They don't even care about sending mom into the the battlefield anymore. Uh, they're they're out for the, the bulk of our wars that we fought over the past hundred years or so have been for corporate fascists, uh, their interest in the banksters and everybody else. So, you know, I, I wish people understood how how the 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 veteran gets really used i mean they they really do get used and they get abused and like you said angela they're they're it bleeds over in their families and it causes all kind this is again another way that the devil wants to destroy the family oh absolutely and we saw as we'll go further into um our journey all of the broken aspects that you just mentioned i really got to see them as a spouse because from the time of the surgery that went terribly wrong that we were waiting for that we'll talk about for a good two-year period, I um, had the joy of battling those broken services, learning how to try to navigate it. And, and like you said, really seeing how they make successful and effective healing and help so so close yet so far from your reach. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So so we're moved, so we're, you know, kind of moving along and, and I needed some some surgery still, you know, from some injuries that I had. And kind of the plan was when I was getting out of the Marine Corps, the doc was kind of like, all right, listen. 
uh, you need to just go check into the VA. They'll get you lined out. So that's exactly what we did. I went and checked into the VA. They did. A- I don't want to interrupt you, but like you said, the reason that that they were postponing the sur- um, the surgery while he was enlisted is because they were using him. They wanted to keep deploying him rather than do the surgery when it was necessary. Wow. And so his issues began to exacerbate with inflammation and everything that was going on. So because, like you said, they they didn't do the surgery at the right time because they wanted to get as much out of him as possible. Then we were dealing with this afterwards. So, right. And you were saying we were trying to navigate all of this and get you the, the resources. Right. Yeah, well, one of the programs in the military during the time when I got the injury was it was a uh, cortisone shots and sports therapy. And so that was kind of a, a, a Band-Aid, really. It, didn't, it never really healed it because I kept re-injuring it. So anyway, so now we need the surgery. The VA is like, yeah, you're, you've got some issues we need to fix. Unfortunately, we do not have the orthopedic surgeon um, to do it. And so what we're going to do is put you on a list and we're going to you know, reach out to some other VAs. So of course they did. So they sent me all around Southern California trying to figure out if they had the proper surgeon to do the surgeries that was needed. Uh, in the meantime, I was on a kind of a, a mixture between oxycodone and hydrocodone. So they would alternate me back and forth as well as, a, you know, a bunch of other pharmaceuticals. So I was kind of in a daze. Now this list that I was on that I got put on by the VA ended up lasting uh, almost five years. I won't say five years. It was four years, 11 months. So we'll give them a little bit of credit there. And this was to find a surgeon. Right. Incredible. Incredible. So, so we finally think, okay, we get the call for this and we're like, okay, this is great. Um, we're kind of in a, in a spot right now where, you know, I think we can make this happen. So we, we go through the process. We go through the whole thing. I get the surgery thinking it would make things better (laughs) and it made things worse. They, they botched the surgery. Right. So I got the surgery January of uh, 2017, ended up uh, botching the surgery. The surgery is initially in my shoulder and the arm. And um, what they ended up doing was after the surgery, about eight weeks after when they took me out of the equipment, uh, I didn't have any use of my right arm at all. So it was completely dead. It just hung to my side. I only had use of my fingers. So they said I had 5% mobility in my right arm because I can move my fingers. Uh, and I lost some mobility in my head, so I couldn't lift left, right, or up and down. So, you know, normal activity, getting dressed, showering, driving, anywhere was kind of out the out the door real quick and what that did was that thrust my wife immediately into the you know full-time caregiver role so we had a two-year-old daughter at the time that you know we were raising and angie was was taking care of her and now all of a sudden having to help me get out of the bed and help me get you know to all these appointments so when i say all these appointments the va literally had me on uh was i 11 to 13 11 to 13 they were scrambling basically to try to figure out what they had done and in the meantime we were displaced, um, you know, at a facility for seven months. And in this facility, there were 12 other families. So a lot of the things for Set Apart Farms were not just ideas we had. They were us living what is currently available for veterans and their families and seeing all of these dysfunctional aspects that were really not effective or conducing to proper healing for the veteran or their family. So we lived these things. And as we were displaced um, at this facility this, at the same time the VA decided that you know so sad too bad there's nothing we can do for you um, so we were kind of in this not kind of we were in this horrible storm and really didn't know what to do um, so your listeners are faith-based and they'll they'll be able to understand this part of the journey we were not faith-based when this start now we are 
a faith-based organization. So at this facility that we were staying is kind of when this all came together for us. Unfortunately, you know, at the time, um, I was speaking against God and Jesus in the Bible. I had been a practicing pagan for a couple decades. And my husband, he had fallen away. Um, he can share that with you. Um, but really, this this is where God decided to reach out and choose us, even though we were not choosing him. And so while we were at this facility, Bible started showing up. Um, people were watching our story because we made sure to document everything so that, you know, people could understand what was happening and that it wasn't rare or, you know, something that wasn't happening all over, that our story was not just exclusive to us. Um, and so these Bibles started showing up and, you know, almost like the case for Christ, I said, okay, you know, I might be ignorant, but I'm not stupid. So I started reading the Bible, you know, cover to cover the Hebrew, the Greek. This was over a long period of time, but this is where it began. And at the end of this journey, um, you know, James baptized me and came back to his faith. And we're clearly leading a, you know, an organization where we say we might be the founders, but God is the CEO. So it, it's really a mind, body, and soul approach according to his good ways and the concepts of mercy, forgiveness, and love in a, in a biblical approach. Right. Absolutely. Amen. Now, with, with, with Angie's, you know, what she's saying with the Bible showing up. Now, when that was happening, you got to realize I was laid up in a bed, um, you know, next to her. There was two beds in the room, and then we, we had brought in our daughter's uh, crib. Right. This facility, just so you can have an idea, the only place that the veteran and their family has private is their room. And it's very much like a hotel room, two beds and a bathroom. And everything else at this facility was shared. Any other area you wanted to go, there were people there. Right. So so I'm laid up in a bed and I, you know, had a morphine drip. So I'm I'm kind of out. So I don't know, you know, she's not telling me, hey, I've got a, you know, one of my friends sent me a Bible. So I'm I'm not, I'm unaware completely of this. Um, so fast forward a little bit, I'm now off the morphine drip and I'm, I'm able to, to get up and get around, but I'm still have no mobility in my arm and I still can't really move my head around at all. So we get into, you know, a nice little argument, a spousal uh, argument as, as most do. And, uh, and this was, you know, again, before the, the Bible thing, before I knew, but we got into a pretty heated situation at that facility that day. And I left, I grabbed the keys and I left. Now I should not, definitely shouldn't have been driving. Um, at all because i still could barely move my head around so anyways i take off and i'm in a fit of rage so i'm cruising up uh you know there at the we're, we're in vancouver washington at the time so i'm kind of going along the columbia river there and i'm just i'm at i'm completely depressed i'm at my you know at the very bottom i'm i'm a professional va patient um, there's no end in sight at this point unfortunately anyway. right no end in sight i'm not you know there's nothing going on I'm, I'm, i feel like i'm a complete burden on my family and I no longer want to be here, right? I'm done. I'm ready to check out. So I take off and, and I kind of find this little pullout spot to pull over on the side of the Columbia River and look around. And I'm kind of like, yeah, this is like the perfect country song right here. All I need is my dog with me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. And I remember I was seeing, you know, beautiful Columbia River, beautiful mountains and hills. And there's a train going by even. So I'm like, yeah, this is where I'm going to end it. And, uh, and so I remember thinking, uh, well, this is the only vehicle we have as a family. So I can't, I can't do this inside the vehicle. That's, that's going to mess with Angie. I know how she is. She'll never drive in that vehicle again. So, so these are the thoughts that I have. And, 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 and again, these are what veterans, I mean, go through daily. So somebody out there can relate. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take myself out. So I decided uh, my plan is to lean out the window and do it. And uh, as I lean out the window and I'm, you know, I'm kind of at my, at the end here. 
and I do have a pistol with me and everything. So I hear in my right ear, though, I hear inside the truck, remember me. And it was so loud and it was so, I mean, I get chill bumps thinking about it now, um, that I thought my radio was on. And I, I, I leaned back into the truck because I'm like, well, I got to turn the radio off because I can't take myself out to a song that I can't stand. Like, it can't be Coldplay or something that I'm dying to. So I have to turn my radio off. So I, I lean up to the radio and, and it's off. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then I look in the back seat and nobody's there. And I'm like, well, this is all the more reason to, to do this because now I'm going crazy. So, you know, this is great. So, uh, so anyways, I, I lean back out the window and I'm like, all right, I'm done. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and my, you know, side mirror there thinking, man, how did I get here? I'm done. And as soon as I, I remember thinking that the train went by, it finished going by. And, uh, on the other side of the train was a billboard and you can't see the billboard from the train when the train's there, only when there's no, no trains on the track. And it was a, a verse and it had like a, a depiction of, of Jesus Christ. And it said, remember me. And I thought, all right, you have my attention. Uh, you definitely have my attention. So what, what's going on here? So then I, I immediately had an overwhelming feeling of guilt. And uh, and I was like, OK, I got to go back home. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you fight with the spouse and then you've cooled off and it's time to go home. Like, I'm sorry. You know, that was my fault. It's kind of in that mode. But I had this overwhelming feeling all of a sudden, too, of, of wanting to just open the Bible, to read the Bible. Amen. I, could, I could, can't explain it. Oh, I, I can I can tell you, it, that's the Spirit of God, man. You, Angela, you made mention you didn't choose him. He was choosing. That's what the Bible tells us. This is right. why I don't tell people, you're, you know, you need to choose Christ. I mean, I, I call them to Christ, but it is, we love him. Why? Because he loved us first, right? He, he set his love upon us. So that's a tremendous set. I want, I want you to, if you can, before you go further with that, can you help people understand? Because I have never understood it. I really, there's not been a time in my life, even at some low points, where I have been suicidal. And yet I, I read about, you know, what do we have? 22 veterans or something that take their life every day, every day. I want, how, can you help people understand the, they understand that you're you're sort of disabled there. Your wife's having to take care of things. And I understand for a man, you know, part of part of our manliness is we want to provide and protect our families. That's that's part of what we want to help people understand. What does it get to that you can actually take a gun that, you know, you can put it to your head and actually pull the trigger, not think about it. What's going on in your in your mind? That's dry. Are you is it almost like you're in a dream somewhere or a nightmare, I should say? Uh, that's driving you to this I, because lots of people get depressed. Lots of people have down days and stuff and they don't go to that, that extreme. What's going on there in your mind before the Lord just steps in. And for, it sounds to me like he gives you the new birth here. That That's what's really going on. But uh, who am I to say what the Lord's doing there? But that's what it sounds like. Can you help people understand that? Because a lot of the vets that you guys are probably uh, looking to care for same kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, the answer is easy. It's the devil. That's mm. that's the easy answer. It, it's the devil that gets in there. I'm not going to speak on it because it's your journey. But one thing from scripture, you know, in Genesis six, the physical and the spiritual became one. So from a, a faith standpoint, there's definitely a demonic aspect. to Absolutely. It. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's that. Yeah. Like you were saying. So I was always kind of the breadwinner, right? The one I, I was the one that was working. Angela was was raising the kid. And, and all of a sudden everything flipped. I couldn't provide at all. And that was completely opposite of how my life had been. Um, another 
part of that that it's, isn't talked about is there's a seed there as well with veterans. So what I mean by that is I, I'll, I'll go back a little bit and then it'll get right back on track of what you said. But I went and visited my son's a Marine right now. Um, he's with Second Time Fourth Marines. And I went and visited him uh, out of SOI and, and talking to him and talking to some of the other younger Marines like privates and PFCs. I'd end up, you know, after joking with them for a while and gotten them loosened up, I'd ask them, I said, I'm going to give you one word and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. And I would I'd tell them the word was veteran. I said, veteran. Nine out of 10 of those Marines answered 22 a day, which that tells me that there's a seed already planted, right? So in their mind, they're thinking if a veteran's having a hard time or it's not working out for them, they can check out. Yeah. So we need to first, we need to remove that seed. So that was the kind of the seed that was planted with me was being diagnosed from naval medicine saying, oh, well, you have PTSD, you have all these problems, you have these issues. I was like, well, I guess I'm living up to them then. Well, and let alone the obscene amount of pharmaceuticals that is that are shoved down our veterans' throats. Um, and, you know, a lot of these pharmaceuticals that were, you know, given was rave reviews five years ago are now being recalled by the FDA because of these horrific adverse reactions. And so, unfortunately, I think it's a, um, a demonic storm, right? I mean, they're, they're usually not walking with the Lord because of their trauma. They're inundated with pharmaceuticals, which is a, a demonic stronghold. They have these demonic thoughts in their head that they're useless, right? What, what does the devil do? You can't serve Christ. You're not good enough to serve Christ. Just quit. They're better off without you. So yeah. it's this storm. And that's really how Set Apart Farms is geared to tackle it, mind, body, and soul with his good ways. So we have to clean out the body first, right? Mm. We have to get as many of those pharmaceuticals out of the body as possible. It's a fallen world, so sometimes you may not be able to get rid of them all. But with James being on 11 to 13, it was completely unnecessary. Wow. I would say, you know, 12 of them. <laughs> well, Angela, um, let me ask you a question about that, because you said you were a practicing pagan. So how were you coming at that? I, my understanding was uh, a lot of pagans, Wiccans, and, and such, that they would go, they would go completely just into nature uh, and try to treat things. Did you have any insight into that or did that have any bearing on what was going on? Yeah, you know, and that's that's where my background with paganism was, you know, and reading parts in Jeremiah where God kind of mocks those who sit and worship trees was pretty edifying. But yeah, that was me, a little hippie out there thinking that the creations had the power. So we were somewhat already holistic. Unfortunately, I've seen lots of aspects of corruption. My daughter was vaccine injured at four months with parainfectious encephalitis. And so at four months old, I kind of opened that door into that corruption and I secured a medical exemption for her, which is almost impossible to get now. So for my daughter, I was already on a very holistic path um, with treating her and starting to understand how the body works. Um, James wasn't necessarily ready, nor could could I do for her what I was doing for him with everything that he had going on. Um, eventually, we fully went to that route, you know, when I had scripture also to back it up and incorporate it and apply it the right way. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of pagans kind of have that down better than Christians. They They are more aware of what's going into their body. They are more going down the natural path. So it was pretty easy for me to transition over because I already had a lot of background living holistic. And when I could 
plug it in that those things were God's gifts to us in a lot of way for healing and how to take care of our body, it made a lot more sense how to apply it the right way. Right. Okay. All right. All right. Good. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because we do have a health and wellness show on Saturday, and ours we we call it creation based medicine. That's what we go back to. What comes out of the ground? What's off the trees? What's out of the bush? You know, if you kill it and if you stab it, you we slab it kind of thing. You're the one who brings home the meat. Any of that kind of stuff. All these things that God has given to us instead of getting getting away from the process version, getting away from the pharmaceuticals and things like that towards back towards what God uh, provided for us in the creation, which is not only our food, but it's also our medicines. What is what is there to keep us healthy as well. All right, James. So I interrupted you there. You you're on your way home. You've had this voice in your ear. You've seen this billboard, the trains riding by. You're on your way back home. And what's going on in your mind? And, and how does this all turn out? Because whatever is happening to you is happening to your wife at the same time. Right. So that that's that's the wild thing is that while I'm there, I'm miles away and going through that. She's also going through her deal back at the um, back at the campus there at the VA. So I'm having this overwhelming feeling of, um, of guilt for one. And, and let me tell you, if you're a veteran out there, if you're anybody, because this isn't just a veteran problem. This is a, a, in our society. We have a huge problem with suicide across the board. It's not just it's a veteran issue. Problem. Right. It is. So if you're anyone out there that's, that gets to that point, that devil gets in your ear and you're at that low point and you feel like you're a burden on your family, let me tell you, I've seen the aftermath of it. And the burden is when you do that act, all right? The burden is then on the family and on the children, that spouse having to deal with the children during that time. It's a horrible thing to go through. So please, I tell people all the time, suicide is the greatest thing I never did. And, and it was that day, the one time I almost did it was, was that day. And that was when God came back to my life. And, and that, remember me, it, I mean, it, it got a hold of me. It really got my attention. So I'm driving back home, feeling that guilt of, what I was about to do, what I was about to put my family through, it all kind of hit me. And, uh, and, and again, I'm having this overwhelming feeling of, a feeling of wanting to read the Bible. And I'm like, well, I don't have a Bible. I'm like, uh, but I, I imagine there's probably Bible apps or something. So I do have a phone on me. So I, I you know, go to the first you know, Bible app one that I find and I just download. And I'm driving back home now. I'm driving back to the campus now. And uh, as I'm driving, I'm kind of just, thinking over things you know a lot of, of my life is kind of flooding in um you know angie said i was falling away so they say there's no such thing as a as an atheist in a fighting hole i became an atheist in a fighting hole, right i had a weak foundation in faith in my scripture and i was in a place you know 2004 in fallujah and i was thinking what i was seeing was good things happening to bad people bad things happening to good people so in my mind i thought well if there is a god he doesn't care much about what's going on with us down here anymore and that's because, like I said, I had a weak foundation in, in, in the scripture. So my faith was weak. It was very pliable. Um, so I turned my back. It was almost to the almost to the week that this happened. So that was July 3rd, 2004 is when I turned my back on Christ um, as a as a believer. And almost to the to the week, 13 years to the week is when now I'm driving back, you know, feeling guilt about what I was about to do. And my phone all of a sudden dings, it goes off and makes a noise. And I look down at it and there's a message and it's the Bible app that had finished downloading. And I didn't know that it was going to give me like a verse of the day to read. And the verse at the time, you know, I was not well scripted at all, but it was, you know, the verse was going into, um, you know, through, through your weaknesses where God's strength is going to be the most. Amen. Amen. I, I thought, wow, like this is literally my weakest moment in my life. Like I've, I've never been this, this week, uh, not only, 
you know, physically, but mm. emotionally, uh, spiritually, everything across the board. And I thought, wow, that was exactly what I needed to hear. And that feeling of uh, just having to open a Bible all of a sudden, it, it went away. And I felt complete, like I'd gotten what I needed. So I go back and I walk into the room where Angie is and I, I find her on the floor and she, I can tell she'd been crying and she has a FedEx box that's opened up and there's like these four blue books laying on the bed and she's holding another blue book of their Bibles. And, and over a period of time, people that she knew had mailed her Bibles. Even though they knew my current stance. <laughs> right. And they happened to be the same color. And so she tells, and I had no idea about this. So she tells me all of this. So imagine what she's telling me at this time with what just happened to me. I thought, okay, there's, we need to start paying attention here. And it was great because Angela's like, I'm being, I feel like I need to read the scripture. So she did. She jumped right in. And like she said, she read it with really fresh eyes. I've never really read the scripture before. But I, I barely knew any of the stories in there. I mean, mm. Noah, Jesus, and Adam. Yeah. <laughs> so you had those all twisted. Yeah, right. So, so, starts so how long how long has she been reading up to this point? Have was this the first time this has happened on this day? It was that yeah. day. That was it. That was the day. That and when I started, you know, I jumped right in. I couldn't understand it, which I think a lot of people can relate to this. You know, it was so and so begot so and so, and they're living nine hundred years, and I was completely overwhelmed because I was trying to read it on my own. And so, you know, I went into prayer, which I didn't, again, know what I was doing, and that's okay. Um, but I spoke to him heartfelt and humbly and said, you know, um, please, this is this is your word. You have to help me understand it because I clearly can't understand it on my own. I know that, and I'm a preacher's kid. I know what that's like. <laughs> right? And so then you'll know also when you look back at the same pages and you're able to start following it. And you're like, this is the never-ending story. I mean, this is that book. and. Um, so yeah, you know, and I still read it all the time. I'm on my third cover to cover right now. Um, and and it's everything. And that's that's part of this program is for our veterans to understand that there still is a war to fight, only it's an enemy that seeks to devour your family. And you still have someone to fight for, only he's a commander that will not lie. And that's you right. still have someone to train, only it's your own family unit. Amen. And so we we need our warriors to wake up sleepers because they've been put in this this trance. Um, and, and, you know, we're here to shake things up and rock the boat. That, that's what we're here to do. God pulled us out of the muck and the mire, not so we could say, well, we figured this out for ourselves, but to go back and to pull back more and to tear down these broken systems. Amen. Right. Amen. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. there's, there's no doubt that there's a, there's a beast system in play and every, every government throughout history, when it leaves the foundation of the moral law of God, acknowledging the creator and seeking to be his ministers, as Romans 13 rightly says, they should be, they become tyrants and they don't care. But like you said, I love what, the way you put it. You talked about there's a commander out there. And what has he called us to? He's called us to fight a good fight of faith. David said, you've trained my hands for war, right? Uh, our, our battle is spiritual. Sometimes it goes into the physical. I'm not denying some of that, but it's a spiritual battle that we're engaged in. We have real enemies often that we can't see but sometimes they infiltrate the people that we can put a face on. And, and I want people to understand that this is, this is the king who called me out. He called you out. He called many in our audience out into his army. And he not only calls us, you know, friends, he calls us sons and daughters. 
Uh, he makes us a part of his family, heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And so I'm, I'm glad to hear that being coming out. It, I don't get from you guys at all when you say, you know, we have faith in Christ. It's just kind of, you know, sometimes you hear people talk about that and they're about, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep. And you guys are really into it. God has opened your eyes in the scripture. I re- I've told the audience, I used to read the scriptures and it wasn't my that my mom and dad didn't do. Uh, their role in in training me up and things. It was I was a rebellious little punk. That's what I was. And God had me reading the scripture for a, at least a year. And I couldn't tell you what I read out of it or why I was even reading it. I could, I could read a story and I couldn't tell you what I read. But when right. but when he put his finger on me and he gave me the new birth, it was like what you're saying. All of a sudden I'm reading in there and it's like he's talking to me. He's giving me a word that I need to hear. He's answering my questions. It's a, it's it's the most incredible thing. It really is, James. It absolutely is. It is, and that's what. So that's what happened with us was God started to open our eyes and put people mm-hmm. and things in front of us, and we had to pay attention to it. We had to really, you know, say, okay, here's the here's the deal. So we're so we're now, you know. What we jumped in pretty deep into the scripture, and she's asking me questions. Right. Being brand new at it that I should know. And, and I wasn't able to answer. And I was like, wow, how am I not able to answer that as somebody who apparently grew up, you know, as a believer and grew up as a you know Southern Baptist here in, in the state of Texas? I couldn't tell you I couldn't answer those questions. So I had to dive in right along with her and really study. Like she said, study the Hebrew, study the, the uh, Greek and something that people like to keep out as far as getting the context of what's being said. Another thing you have to study is the culture. That's right. Understand. Yep really you know uh like we would a college class because we have access to all of it and so as we studied as brands um god was also working parallel in our life preparing us for something that we couldn't see yet which is set apart farms and so we were just running into you know wall after wall where we were in washington i learned how to get congressional inquiries i learned how to navigate uh the va system all on my own every aspect um, I shouldn't say all on my own. God was clearly leading me. I just didn't know at the time what he was doing. Um, and he would also put encouragement in front of me. So again, you know, to say that what happened to us is rare is a lie. And I'll, I'll give you another example. So at the facility that we were staying at, there was a couple that was older than us, you know, mid, a, mid-60s. A Vietnam veteran. Right. So she was staying there while her husband went to get a surgery also. They paralyzed him from the, the neck, neck down. down. And they were just going to send them home. And she was devastated, kind of like where we were, um, but even more so. And so I said, you know, I just got a congressional inquiry. I'm learning about these things. Let's get one for you. It's not going to hurt. And we we got a congressional inquiry for her. And because of that, um, her husband ended up going home with modifications for his house and her getting a stipend. And so God kept putting those types of encouragement in front of me. Um, cause I'm a fighter. <laughs> and so, but I'm not going to keep fighting if I completely get knocked down. It was, it's, it was very difficult. Like James said, he was not able to help me. My daughter was two and the facility that I was at was not happy with my fighting spirit, put it that way. Um, so, you know, everything was closing in because again, you know, spiritually, right. As you start to get close to God, the enemy can sense that and senses, you know, that the connection and they're going to try to stop it. So that's what was happening too. I was getting hit every single um, which way to quit, but we didn't. And so when I saw things continue to move, I started trusting as I was reading 
And God moved us from Washington to Texas so that we could continue to fight, get resources, get more surgeries for James. And fortunately, we saw similar things here um, in Texas, where once we had the surgery here in Texas, we never saw the same surgeon again. We would see somebody new every Friday. And if we would complain, we would even get security threatened on us. So wow. we, we weren't necessarily, um, you know, everything didn't change for the better in Texas, but it changed for where it needed to be. And so we were here still navigating after the second surgery, we were still facing homelessness. I had figured out how to navigate grants, um, which are great. There's a lot of programs that does grants. And what I mean by that is they'll give you um, a stipend one time to pay your rent or to get some tires. Um, now these programs serve their purpose, but they're not healing families. And so that's another thing I saw. And they're not fixing the problem. So it's a bandaid on a puncture wound is what it is. And it's right. a one time, you know, stop. That's it. You can only help you one time. So to back up a little uh, with Angela. So when we're still up in Washington, um, we start reaching out to organizations because savings is dwindling to nothing. And we're like, what are we going to do? So we start reaching out to veteran organizations. And if I call, you know, if we called 10 of them in a day, eight would immediately deny us because I didn't have a drug or alcohol addiction. And, and I always thought, I thought, well, that's a little backwards. If I had an addiction, you, you'd think it would be like, all right, well, let's get you clean and sober and then we can help you and your family. But the system's set up the other way because that's where a lot of the grant money comes in. So a lot of their fundings are grants and there's a lot of money tied up in drugs and alcohol. So because I didn't have an addiction, uh, they didn't have anything for us. They said, sorry. And even one organization even said, if you just go put an illicit drug in your body and then go test positive to VA, we can help you. Incredible. Like, don't Incredible. You don't give us too many options, do you? You kind of paint us into a corner. You know, and at the same time on our, on my end, the, the ones that, the very few that we found that had something for him was just for him. So for my daughter and I, we were told to, uh, we, we could go to a shelter. Totally right. unsafe. Or... Um, one of the agencies suggested that I write a letter that me and my daughter were living in our vehicle, which would then, you know, possibly involve CPS. And I'm already over here fighting one broken system. Yep. <laughs> I'm not about to now invite another one in to start messing with my child that the government has already messed with years ago, you know? Yeah. So I've got a lot of trust issues from um, broken government. And so as we were navigating through this, we were seeing again, there was no place in the nation where a family could go to heal long-term, which first of all, was baffling. Right, and and with Ange, like like we said, if eight of them denied us because of no drug or alcohol addiction, the other two that said, yeah, we can take you in, when it came to the details of, of my wife and, and two-year-old daughter at the time, the answer every time was, we'll try to get them enrolled in the city shelter. I was like, that's absolutely not an option. So we started to see gaps. We started to see problems and gaps. And Angela, I like to tell people, Angela has a research problem. Okay, she <laughs> she loves research. She's good at it. And um, so what I did at the time was I gave her two notebooks. I gave her a green one and a red one. I wrote good on green and bad on red. And I said, let's start documenting this stuff because this, this is insane to me. Like I couldn't believe that this veteran organization told me to go put an illicit drug in my body. It needed to be a, specific, a particular one. It had to be like cocaine or above. I was like, y'all are crazy. Um, I said, start writing this stuff down. Let's document this. Yeah. So if you fast forward to today, she still has the same green notebook and has eight red ones. So we saw there was a problem, right? We saw there was issues and gaps. And that's those those notebooks, that's what we used to build Set Apart Farms on. We, we took all those gaps and those issues and problems, good and bad. And that's how we developed the idea for Set Apart Farms, which was taking in the entire family 
and healing them is one rebuilding that family foundation Amen. and and ex, uh, extending those services not just to the veteran but to the spouse and the children and the family as a whole as well and it's not just a three-day retreat or a week-long retreat where we take a family to ride side-by-side. Those serve their purposes, but unfortunately what we have seen happen by speaking to uh, veterans and even looking at our own situation when we were invited to some of those during this time, um, everyone has a great time when you're on side-by-sides and staying at a lakefront cabin and having special dinners made. I mean, that's amazing. And it's needed in relationships and marriages for reconciliation. But what happens uh, if you're broken? Right. And the next week something happens and you didn't learn the skills, but you just had this amazing time last week. And and so sometimes it can often send you into a new spiral or cycle yep. um, into bitterness and resentment because, you know, why weren't we where we're at last week when everything was great? Well, because you didn't really get life changing skills. You just got a great time. They're very different. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And one of the things that you're saying there is you're looking not just to help the soldier, you're hel- helping the family. That is the direct opposite of the Marxist approach. It is to destroy the family. It is to to eliminate it. Uh, it is to cause wreak all kinds of havoc. It is what Jesus said about the strong man, the devil. He says he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's there for. And the scripture speaks to that too. I bring up. I, I mention this all the time. I, I get. I talk to 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 families, especially dads, because it really weighs on us. Um, mm-hmm. And that is what God says in Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And I really believe this is mainly geared toward the men. The men are the leaders of the home. I know that sounds misogynist to some people. That's says, the, and I'm a female. You heal the man, you heal the home. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so so he's got the responsibility. He says, you shall teach them. They got to be in your heart first. And then you got to teach them diligently into your children. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And he tells why. He, he's going to give them a land. He's going to give them houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant, all this kind of stuff. And he says, I want you to do this so that when everything's easy, now it's a little difficult when it's easy, you don't forget who did this for you. And I know America, we've forgotten that. The whole concept of a standing army, our founding fathers were completely against that. And they, they and not only did they write about it and talk about it, but they put it in the Constitution to say, you can only have a standing army for two years and you have to re-up it at that time. Otherwise, it was to be the militia. And this is what I've been harping on for more than a year now, developing the grand jury in our county, developing the militia, which we're going to be talking about probably um, either tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday, something like that with Brent Winters and bringing that out of the scripture is develop that militia. The men of the county, the able-bodied men are to be the law enforcers. We're to be the protectors, the repellers of invasions, the put downs of insurrections and the enforcers of the law. And that's gone. The, the men have for decades have, uh, put aside their duty and their responsibility before God and man, uh, to be those who are, in the militia, the the law enforcers of the community, if you will. And now we've given it to, you know, they, they give us the thin blue line marketing, but we're seeing more and more what that really is, that they are agents of the state. There's just no doubt about it. So <clears throat> when you when you come to this, you guys obviously have been through a lot of stuff. So you can, and most veteran families, 
can sympathize with other veteran families. They bond together. Uh, the, the, the vets, because they feel like they have a brotherhood. Uh, the Marines are, you know, all whatever the thing is you guys do, hoorah and stuff like that. And the, and the Navy SEALs, you know, they got their, what is it? We do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the SEALs are like that. And then you got the Rangers and, all, you know, just whatever branch you're in, you form a brotherhood there. Why? Because you went through similar things together. Now you're trying to help people. You're trying to get this, this uh, farm going and things. Are there other fam? I know there's got to be families that you were helping before this even became an idea that you were already trying to help. You're trying to, uh, you know, be a shoulder to cry on, an ear to, to listen or any of this kind of stuff. Are there families you're actively working with now uh, in in preparation of really launching this thing the way you want want it to be? Absolutely. Yeah. So along the way, and that was kind of, again, part of our journey was when we started to reach out and help families navigate, like learn how to navigate the VA system, learn how to get the, the benefits that they deserve. And then... Um, Not to interrupt, because private sector is who helped us. It yes. wasn't like the government ran to our aid, they were getting more frustrated and more frustrated the more that we learn because part of what we want to do with other veteran families as we get into the aspects of set-apart farms is help them infiltrate and navigate the VA system. We don't like working with the VA system because it's broken. That's a fact. But unfortunately, we still have to. Our our stipends are um, connected to that. Our health care is connected to that. Everything is within that system. And so where we're at now is the path where much like everything else, you have to educate yourself about it in order to infiltrate it so that we can collectively raise our voices for change. We have to get in there and get active and put the pressure on them. Um, and we have to get our veterans to a place where they're healthy enough um, and have their minds back enough to be able to go in and do those things and educate their family. Um, I don't believe it is a coincidence that they have our most highly trained um, and most bold population heavily sedated. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's yeah, not. I agree. And and one not only that, wanting to give them this deadly experimental shot too, mandating it, forcing them out of the service if they don't take it. Uh, many yeah. are we've we've had Dr. Lee Merritt on to talk about because she was a Navy surgeon, um, so she has you know a vested interest in that, and she's talking about those who've become sick, uh, myocarditis. Mm -hmm. Many have died in in the in, in the service, and then we've had other ones. Praise God. Uh, good Christian. In fact, let me give this. Uh, this is kind of out of the ordinary, but I've just thought about it. We had Catherine Arnett on from Japan. She's in the Marines. She fought the mandate. She sent me a text the other night. We're going to do a show with her hopefully next week. She fought it. They took her to a court martial and she won there too. She won there against that. And, you know, praise God, he is using people in the midst. Ben Davis is another one who was who was fighting that. Um, they demoted him, all this other stuff, because he wouldn't take the shot. And he took all his papers, everything he sent in. He laid, he just filled it with scripture. He said, anybody who reads my files, just gonna, they're going to get the gospel in the midst of that. So he was going to use it as a good thing, uh, no matter what it was. For lots of parents, That's right. considering I have a vaccine injured um, child, I've helped with lots of medical exemptions. Um, and as a faith-based community, we have to get stronger about that. We have to get more unified in that. We absolutely should have informed medical consent on anything that goes into our body, let alone things that have derivatives and ingredients that are offensive to our faith. And our children's body. Right. Well, yeah. absolutely. And, and they're not helpful to they're not helpful for you. You guys are on the right track uh, with pro, with fresh produce, uh, the farm kind of life. I'm I'm slowly moving into that. We got the chickens. We got a couple of trees and so a little mm -hmm. bit of gardening and stuff. I want the I want to cover my front yard in trees and just make it an orchard because yeah. 
mowing the lawn is not doing anybody any good. It's a waste of time and, and all the other. So anyway, well, yeah, look, as you said, you know, over the past couple of years, we saw what can happen yes. with your food choices and trying to get access. Once again, we're still battling the VA, but for something different this time, the past couple of years, they've refused to see James because he won't mask. Um, and we're still, you know, trying to work through their own systems. And so it's not like we're in a better relationship with them. There's always going to be something else that we should collectively um, be able to tackle the masking issue with the VA. They had nothing in procedure for those um, who were not going to comply because of things that they were exposed through and put through in a community where people are forcefully masked overseas. And so um, there's always going to be something to tackle with the VA, but the community of veterans has to come together and unify and really be that band of brothers that the, the VA um, starts taking seriously. And the way to do that is that we have to educate. That's part of our Amen. program. With our program, we bring a family into the farm. It's not a week long retreat. It's not a three day long retreat. And like Angie said, those are needed, okay? And, and I'll get into that in a minute, but ours is gonna be more of a six to nine month long program. So that family comes in into the farm, they have their own home that they stay in that's separate from everyone else. So, cause there's gonna be, there's a process, right? Even when the when when that family starts to go through those therapies, um, you know, we don't have a magic wand or something we can just say that's never going to have you and your spouse argue or fight. Right. I mean, or we disagree. still get in arguments. Don't think for a second like we're just perfect Pollyanna marriage. Um, Absolutely, yeah. we came from a really dark place, and we're still works in progress. But the thing is, though I fall, I will rise again, and that's mm. what makes the fighter, and that's what makes a marriage is you have to keep coming back to one another. Right. And the I'll, thing is, know, is, hang on, hang on, James, because uh, we're getting near the end of the show here, and I want to let everybody know I, I, I'm pretty honest with the with the with the audience here. I haven't attained either, and I'm not going to attain while I'm here on the earth. The Bible says when we see him, Jesus, will be like him. Not until then. We're being conformed to, to the image of Christ. There's no doubt about that. We are sinning less. Our trajectory is towards heaven. And uh, that's because God has planted uh, his seed within us. He has made us his sons and daughters. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. There's about 30, about 20 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out about Set Apart, Set Apart Farms. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, setapartfarms.org. We have a website that's setapartfarms.org. Um, you can get on there all the details of, of you know our, our story and how you can get involved and help us out uh, to accomplish this for these families is all right there on that website. Setapartfarms.org. Okay. Being God-led, it's going to be driven by His people. Amen. Absolutely. You guys hang on. I want to hold you over for a few minutes. If you guys want to finish up the interview with us, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And we'll be back in the morning with you at 6 a.m. bright and early. Lord willing, talk to you then. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And I just want to be able to, you guys to get that plug in there. You know, one of the things that is great here is that you're looking long term. And it sounds to me like, yeah, the retreats are great to get away, get stress out and just be away from things. I, don't, I wouldn't know what that's like because I don't think I've really had a real vacation. And I don't know how long I couldn't even tell you it's more than a decade. Uh, I've been taken on vacation only to work on vacation. So that's that's the way mine. Yeah, that's the way it works. But it sounds to me like you understand this is not, you know, we're going to uh, read you some Bible verses and that's just going to fix everything. We'll pray for you. God bless you, brother. Not that that's not. It sounds to me like you're trying to build in them a habit. It's it's what real discipleship is. And uh, that's that's what I've told people that I'm seeing coming out of our work that we do 
to establish the grand jury and the militia in our county is I want it to be discipleship. Why are we doing these things? Well, you go back to scripture and it says this. First Samuel talks about what kind of men are to be in that militia. And so you're going to be training them. But the first part is what you said, James, education. you got to get them in the right mindset because otherwise you give a kid a gun and you don't know what he's going to He's going to be shooting up the cans, shooting up the yard, which in our yard, we get a lot of that. My, my boys got there and did it. But they'll, they'll be, they won't know how to do it and they won't know the, the means and the morality behind use of a weapon. And that has to be taught. Uh, you have to do it with people. Get them out of the bad habits you were talking about. Get them off the the, the pharmaceuticals. Um, you know, get good food in them. Get them in the scripture. Uh, get encouragement. Have them praying for one another, and do it as a daily thing to where it becomes a part of their life. Right. Well, absolutely. It's it's a bit. It's a life. It's a life change, and it's <laughs> it is, and it's habit. And if you think about it, so the way the process that we generally do it now, and this is how it works: is a veteran calls, they have an issue, so we take the veteran out of the family. We separate the family, right? We take them away from the unit and we go put them through a program, whether that program's 30 days long, 65 days long, six months long. They go through a program where they learn communication skills. They learn coping skills. They learn all these skills. And they're super excited to go home and fly it because they're ready for change. Right. So then they get told, now go home and make that work. Well, they left out half the ingredient because the spouse wasn't getting those tools. They weren't getting those communication skills. Probably angry because they've been doing double duty and they look at what the veteran has gone on as some type of fun retreat, right? Like, that's great. You know, that's great that you're ready to come back and communicate. Spouse is probably still upset about things that they've never been able to reconcile. So now there's a breakdown there. Like, imagine if we trained that way in the military, we took the fire team leaders and squad leaders. I was going to say, yeah away from the unit, gave them all the the skills and all the knowledge, and then said, now go make it work. We don't do that. We train as a unit as a whole. So that way, every person knows what's going on. You have to train the same way for your unit, your your family. Your family is now that unit. When you are a leader in the military, the same thing you did for your Marines or your troops, your soldiers, your airmen, you you guided them, you mentored them, you led them, you protected them, you you, you know made sure they, they were taken care of. That's the same thing you do for your family. That's your unit now. So we have to stop separating the, the family. And then like what Andrew was saying, some of those other those other programs where you take a family for a three-day retreat or a week-long retreat, those are great. Imagine how great and better they'll be after they go through a whole six to nine months of really healing as a family. And then you send them to one of those retreats to go Amen. through the product. Yeah. Be the, that would be so much better. Or, yeah. you know, what we're seeing right now in the VA, is kind of wild, is they're having the veteran do uh, ketamine ketamine or shrooms as part of a more natural therapy. However, great that you're trying to look into those. I I don't particularly think that's the right avenue as someone who's educated on herbs. But again, the spouse and the children, are we going to microdose with you? Are we going to do some ketamine with you? Probably not. And Mm. so even though you're looking into more natural therapies, you're still excluding the rest of the family unit and finding something that they all can come together. And so what worked for us is things ironically that the VA doesn't have like EMDR therapy. It's a specific type of therapy to uh, go back and address trauma, faith-based counseling. When I met with counselors through the VA, um, you know, we were in Washington. I will say that I was, I was told to divorce my husband both times without me asking. So, you know, the sanctity of marriage and our values are not respected and honored the same way. And so we need to bring in faith-based counseling and have 
these things available that will work with a mind, body and soul approach for our faith. Yeah, I, I think so, too. There's 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 a lot there that you said that, boy, I could really pick up on and run with. You know, I, I watched a, an interview. There's there's a some seals. Uh, there's a seal guy. And I, I've tried to look it back up. I, I, I'm going to have to find out what it was. But anyway, he interviews a lot of military guys. Most of them are seals. And the one guy, you know, you were talking, James, that you were kind of blown up and stuff. This guy was a, a breacher. And he said, you're supposed to be like 18 feet away when you set off the explosives. We were usually like, you know, eight or 10 feet away. You know, we're tough guys. We can do it. And he says, those blasts just go through you. And his wife was also part of the interview. And they were just talking about this stuff had so impacted his brain. It had almost like rewired his brain. Uh, he had become angry. He had become an alcoholic. He had just a lot of stuff had happened. And they went and did, uh, you were making a mention of the, the mushrooms. They went down to South America and he went for like one night or two nights, something like that, and did an IB gain, which is some kind of a, a hallucinogenic or something that comes out of a root. And the doctors monitor him so they don't leave him somewhere and stuff. And he goes, this is not addictive. You really have to confront things. It's like whatever you've done, bad, your sins, whatever, they come right there. They're in your face and you have to, you have to face it. Now, he didn't mention, this is the part that I didn't like. He didn't mention that scripture had anything to do with it. Uh, he didn't really give God glory for that or anything like that. And to me, that's where you get to the new age part is you're trying to do it through the creation apart from the creator. But nevertheless, yeah, yeah nevertheless, his wife said, when I saw him, this was the man that I fell in love with in high school. Something had happened through that that had, mm -hmm. I guess, fixed his brain yeah. uh in in some capacity so i'm for people using natural remedies and and things of this nature but always as you said pointing back to the god who gave those things who is the right. creator the lord jesus christ there is no other let's let's make that clear when you guys are talking about faith-based you're talking about the christian faith-based you're not Amen. talking about yeah. islam you're not talking about hindu paganism no, any of that the stuff. name and blood of jesus that's the right. name above all names that's right yes. And like when Ann said, you know, she had already kind of been down a holistic path with our daughter. And, you know, at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm at, at the bottom. So I'm like, whatever you want to do, <laughs> let's do it. Um, what she did was that she started to heal my gut health when she really started to tackle my gut health. That was the, the big problem. Everything else started to heal. Because right? it's linked and, to and your mind and everything right. else. And, and so God had kind of showed her, like, you know, start here. And that's where we started. So in 2012, the VA had diagnosed me with dementia, full-blown dementia. They said, I'll, I'll be full-blown in about 10 years. Um, that was 2012. So we're in 2022. I still misplace my truck keys every now and then, but I'm doing okay. The body's having a harder time catching up, but, you know, all in God's time. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. My, my patience is having a hard time catching up. So let me ask you this, too, because I've got some people I want to put you guys in touch with. One is our nurse and nutritionist, Kate Shimrani. She can probably come alongside you with some things, Angela, as well. Uh, she's on yeah. every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. for people who want to catch that. Um, and she's live from the U.K. And uh, then another one is I sent my friend Jim Price. We've had we had his, his wife on Lauren. Uh, she passed away uh, about a year, a little over a year ago, and she had some stuff that happened to her from being in Iraq as a truck driver in the Navy. And I wrote him, I said, listen to the show. We're going to have the, this couple on. And so I got his email. He said, I'm going to listen. Do you guys have any problem with veterans not getting the benefits they were promised? 
in a lot of this, you're, you're saying they don't get the surgeons and the proper care and stuff. Do they have a problem yeah, getting their benefits? Um, during the time when they botched his surgery, they also um, botched his file. So we were fighting, fighting both. Now, uh, unfortunately for us, the avenue, so when that happens, they have a VA avenue they want you to take, right? To go through certain VA services. The the avenues they had us go helped and contribute in messing up our files. So we had to go private sector. Now, uh, for all the lawyers out there listening, veterans need your help because the, the place that we went through after three years, you know, we, we made some headway, but places, um, they often take 30%. And so you can wait years and years and have most of your, your winnings taken, although that does help your files. So um, there, there are avenues to take, but they can definitely be better for veterans. We are we are partnering up with some um, legal help to help these veterans get the assistance because we saw issues just like we saw issues with some of these other veteran organizations. We saw issues with some of these legal organizations and a lot of them stretching the process on themselves because at the end of that, the fatter that money is, the, the bigger chunk they get. Yep. Right. So once they get your benefits rolling and they're out of the picture. The veterans then getting the, the services that they deserve and they move on. So they drag that on as well. So we are vetting um, legal services and helping these veterans get the, the benefits. But one thing I want to say, this goes back to making sure that you're connected and advocating within the VA system, because if you don't go to appointments, if you don't communicate, all of this, unfortunately, gets written in your file and they're building a case against you. It's really sad that we have this unfortunate relationship that we do with an organization that we're supposed to be pinging back and forth to help. It's very combative. Um, they're really always going after you. It feels like, yeah. and we've seen it in order to take from you rather than to help build for you. So the best way to combat that is education, learning that you have a patient advocate or um, a transitional assistant or a social worker. You have to get plugged in so that you can properly fight and combat the errors in their system that are targeted toward us. Yeah, amen. Well, one of the things I was gonna recommend is, uh, as I said, uh, Lauren's organization is called Veteran Warriors, uh, veteran-warriors.org. If you don't know them, they are really good about getting in there and getting the benefits for veterans. I mean, even back to like Vietnam and stuff, pulling files, searching papers, filing the stuff on, on the veterans behalf. They love veterans. They, they really love veterans. They don't charge them to do it. Um, and I'm going to put you in touch with, with Jim and also with Kate. And I, because I think, I think that, you know, the body, the Bible says that, that there are, are different parts of the body, right? God gives uh, different gifts from the same spirit and they're designed to work together, not apart from one another. They're designed to work together. And I just see all of this kind of coming together. Kate is one. She sees it too. Uh, how God is bringing people from different walks of life and different, uh, abilities to work together to help heal people and, uh, and to get them on the right path. And so I, I applaud what you guys are doing. I, I think it's great. In fact, there was, um, let's see, Mr. Wordsworth in the chat. He, he gave a great, little slogan. I don't know if you're looking for a slogan for Set Apart Farms, but I thought it was great. Set Apart Farms leads in advance rather than a retreat. I thought that was great. Great. Really oh, great I comment. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was good. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Now, do you guys have anything else that uh, you're, when are you, what is your goal that you're looking for, for having this thing fully operational where you're going to be doing these kinds of things that you want? I know you have on the website, you have a place for people to donate, but when are you looking to actually make this thing a reality we're hoping to break ground by the end of the year to oh, start wow. housing families yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah so we 
couple of opportunities we're, we're looking at right now in the, in the Texas Hill Country uh, for the farm. We have to be very strategic. We want to be, it needs to be within a certain distance from these VAs. Because like Angela said, we still have to utilize the VA. It's just the good thing with us is we're going to give these families uh, a, a case manager that's going to hold the VA accountable. So when those families are calling and getting frustrated with the VA, then we have someone that can step in and really hold their feet to the fire. Um, and so we're looking, yeah, hopefully breaking ground by this year. We just, we definitely need the community's help. So we're not applying for all these government grants um, because I don't believe I need to have an organization who's never been able to help veterans tell me how to help veterans. <laughs> right. So, so we're doing this. This is grassroots as it gets. We're we're going out there. We're needing the communities to do this, and and to help facilitate and build this, so that we can really set that example and start with the veterans. But it's again, it's a society thing. This is, it's watered down. The family unit, like Angela said, has really been watered down in our society, and we have to rebuild that. You know, we look at division in our country, and we look at it as a big picture thing because we're looking very political with the division in our country. Because um, the media set it up real well that way. Now, the way that we reunite our country, it, it's the division starts right here in our homes, right? When we can reunite our homes, then we'll reunite our communities. And we have united communities, we'll have a united state, and then we'll have united states. So we got to take it back down to our homes and start reuniting our homes and building those up. God, I believe, is giving us a really important window to gather, to unify, to fight for these types of things and to separate from a lot of the things that we're seeing happen in the world and to be set apart for him. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Amen. I no, I couldn't agree more. Um, let me ask you this, and and uh, and then I'll give you a final word after after we talk about this. When you say we need help doing that, and I like that you're not going to do it with grants and stuff like that because all that stuff comes with strings attached. Uh, it's like absolutely. the little trap door. You well, I used to do it when I was a kid. We had the box, and you put the stick under it, and uh, you hope oh, you was going to catch a rabbit, right? So you put the carrot under there, whatever. Anyway, that's 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 what that's like. That people don't realize yeah. that's what it is. Is there an opportunity that people can, when you're saying help build, is there an opportunity people can do more than donate? Maybe you got some builders around who say, hey, I get off, I can contribute two or three hours a day. Maybe I can bring my family out there and me and the boys can get busy and we can help you build some things and this, that, and the other. Is there opportunities for that? Can they contact you through, you've got a phone number here on the website. Can they contact you for that as well? Yes, absolutely. There's so many ways to help. And, and with Set Up Our Farms, once we have the, the farm established down here in Texas, the it, we're branching out. I mean, we're already having, we're every getting reached state, out. Every state needs a place where families can heal. Right. We're, we're getting a lot of reach from a lot of other states saying, hey, here's the land for you. Come up and build. Um, and we are, you know, in the process of talking to developers to help with the homes, to do all of that sort of thing. Another way, we just we just got a sponsorship from a great uh, organization. UBC Power Sports in Alvin. They have made a wonderful partnership with us contributing a certain amount of proceeds so we're open to all types of partnership sponsors Amen. even education if you want to come in and you have a wonderful yes. skill you want to teach our veterans and their families how to paint uh herbal remedies what is it you want to share with veterans um, because a lot of people have a love for veterans because they have a veteran in their family or a veteran friend and so we're going to be a very different nonprofit that's out there we build together as a community so what is it that you want to contribute and we'll find a spot for you absolutely because one of the things we saw with some of these other veteran organizations is they're almost like a secret society you may know of them right you may know that where they're at in the community but what do you go there are you allowed to go there do you you know right. so we wanted to open our place up it's not going to be a secret thing for veterans only it's unity in the community we have to have our community as a big part of that and um 
being involved. So like having, if you're a physical therapist, mm -hmm. you know, being able to come over and donate those services to the farm, to these families and do that. We absolutely have so many different ways that we're going to be um, really uniting and, and with the community and, and kind of, you know, because that's the whole goal, right, is to get these people and to get these veterans and these families reestablished within the community and set them up for success. You know, to change the stigma where it's like, oh, you know, you're a veteran family, it must be rough to where, you know what, you're a veteran family, thank you for helping make our community safer. That That's where we want to have these families be elevated to and be living with the respect and honor that they deserve and that they've earned. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, I, <clears throat> I have, I've said it and I've talked about the militia here briefly. And some guy says, well, what are you going to do if you bring all the veterans home from all these bases and stuff? I said, you just send them to their state, make them part of the mm -hmm. militia. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Make them part of the militia. Don't attach them to government. Uh, you know, I mean, I know that the Constitution allows for them to be called up, but let them let them be those law enforcers in their community. They're already trained um, exactly. and, and there's no line because it's not a us versus them thing. They are us. That's that's right. who they would right. be at, at that point. Once you once you cut those ties. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to give you guys a final word here, and then I'll say goodbye to you off air, but I want to give you a final word here. Uh, tell people again where they can find out about you guys, and then also, if you got a word of exhortation to the audience, because you're talking to some families that are veteran, uh, veteran families, and some who are not. So what would be an, uh, a word of exhortation that you would leave the audience with? And uh, we'll let ladies go first. Angela, you can, you can have the floor, and then we'll let James um, talk. You know, don't give up on hope, and don't give up on your family. Your marriage matters and your family matters. Otherwise, it wouldn't be under attack. Um, so just know that people are fighting for you. God is on the move and change is coming for veterans and their families. Absolutely. And, and for, yeah, for, for those that are out there that are struggling, like, like I said earlier, suicide is the greatest thing I never did. Okay. It's, you're not a burden. The burden is if you commit that act. So please, you know, hang in there. Change is coming. We are, we are going to change the way we're doing it. We haven't been forgotten. No, absolutely Amen. not. Amen. And, and like what you had brought up earlier, it, it's important for those men. Go go learn Deuteronomy 6. Hmm. All right, the only way you're going to get Deuteronomy 8 is you better remember Deuteronomy That's 6. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Guys, you've been great to have. Uh, thank you for your time and, and being with us. Uh, even a little over time, we appreciate it very much. Guys, check out their site, setapartfarms.org. Setapartfarms.org. You can contact them at 1-832-658-9907. I'm sure they'd love to hear from you. And if you got something to contribute, maybe you can lend a helping hand in building. Uh, I'm sure there's some people who would love to travel out of state, get out of some of the tyrannical states they're in and come down into Texas and uh, help you guys and know that their, their labor is not in vain, that it is going for a good cause. And uh, so just hang on with, for me. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then we're going to be back in the morning. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be a pre-record for the next few shows, except for Saturday with Kate, uh, because I got two shows to do record today. Uh, and then I got to find that one I did the other day on the broken computer. So <laughs> we'll see if we can get that going. But catch Bradley at 3, back in the morning at 6 a.m. Lord willing, talk to you then. See ya.